Thank you for tuning into the City Church California podcast. We exist for anyone to believe in God, to become who God created them to be, and to build the church and our city. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast so that you can be updated anytime we add new content. Now let's check out the latest message from our Sunday gathering. Hey, you guys, we are going to continue our study in the book of James. And today we're going to chapter 3. So if you have your Bibles, open up to James chapter 3. And remember that James is not a book on how to have faith, but it's how to live when we have faith in Jesus Christ. In three key words in the vision of the City Church California, we exist that anyone can believe, become like Jesus, and build together. James is not a book about believing. It is a book about becoming. And I would say one of the most fractured areas between my belief, my faith, and my behavior is my mouth. And I stand before you today, and I don't know, I'm a little bit ashamed to admit this, uh, but I have to, probably the greatest area of weakness, sin in my life is my speech. Now I stand before you and I tell you, my heart is saved. It really is. My mouth is still being saved. (laughs) You understand what I'm saying? And, And it's very, very crucial. The realm of communication really directs our life and it's our communication with God and our communication with other people and so today my goal for myself for you for us here in Ventura and online number one I want to begin to discern what is the source of my communication on the table here we have two water bottles and they look like they're exactly the same they're the same on the outside but one is fresh spring water. The other one is filled with ocean water. And and I would drink this one, would never drink that one. So I want to begin to discern what is the source of my mouth, my tongue, my speech, my words. The next thing, I want to consider what I say. I want to consider what I say. I don't know about you, but my mom used to say, Jude, you have the foot mouth disease. You always are putting your foot in your mouth. And it's like words would come out. But as I've gotten older, I am learning. I'm still learning. I want to consider what I say and I want to begin to control my tongue. And sometimes I feel I have no control over it, but these words are going to begin to change our life. Now you're in James chapter three. Now let me just say this. In James chapter one, he begins to give us highlights of what he's going to talk about. In the rest of James, James 2, 3, 4, and 5, it's 12 different, like it's like TED Talks. They're independent, standalone talks. And when he addresses an issue in one of these talks, no other place in Scripture has that much information on the uh, subject that he is addressing. When we begin to read these verses on the tongue or the speech, nowhere in the Bible, 
Bible will you see so many consecutive verses that deal with our speech. And it's very, very important. And I would say it this way, where the mouth goes, the life will follow. Did you hear me? Where your mouth and my mouth go, that's where my, my, my life is going to follow. And so I want to say this, my words about God reveal what I think about God, but my words about other people reveal what's in my heart about other people. And so we're going to begin to read today verses 1 to 12 in James chapter 3. And in how many of you just before we start reading, did your grandmother ever tell you this or is it just from Louisiana? Sticks and stones may break your bones, but words will never hurt you. That's simply not true. Sticks and stones can break your bones, but words can also injure a person. And so let's begin to read. It says, my brethren, and again, this is to believers in Jesus Christ, how they can become like Jesus. My brethren, let, let not many of you become teachers knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment. I want to just stop right there. We could preach an entire message on this. If you stand on a platform in any way, whether you're a teacher in a school, a pastor uh, in a church, the Bible says if you are a biblical or a Christ content creator, that you also have to be aware how you speak off the stage and how you live off the stage because we will be judged more strictly. That would be an entire message, but this is how he begins to address this thing called the tongue. Now, I love verse two. For we all stumble in many things, meaning even as a Christian, you're gonna make a mistake, you're gonna blow it, you're gonna sin, you're gonna stumble. If, listen to this, if anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man, all able also to bridle the whole body. Now, we're going to begin to go from 3 to 12. He's going to give us five illustrations about the tongue. So pay attention as we read together these five illustrations. It says, indeed, we put bits in horses' mouth. Why? Why do they do that? That they may obey us. And we turn their whole body. Verse 4, look also at ships. Although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. Even so, this is verse 5, even so the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. See how great a force a little fire kindles. And right now in California, there is a fire that's out of control and it's growing by the day, and that's why we even pray, take a little bit of a moment right now, that the winds will cease and the fire will stop. Just a little fire could cause a lot of damage. This is another illustration. Verse 6, in the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of of nature and is set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast, he's given another illustration, every kind of beast and bird of reptile and creatures of the sea is tamed and has been tamed by mankind. You may say, did you memorize this? Yes, years ago, because my biggest challenge is my mouth. With it, God can use me to speak, 
but with it, it could tear people down, okay? And so I want this so badly in my faith. Get this, verse 8, but no man can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. With it, we bless our Father, and with it, we curse men who have been made in the similitude of God. That means the likeness of God. Out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring bring forth fresh water and bitter water from the same opening? Can a fig tree bring forth olives or a grapevine bear figs? No. Springs yield both, cannot, no spring yields both fresh water or ocean water or salty water. Okay, so we're going to begin to discern the source of our speech. We're going to begin to consider what we say, and we're going to ask God to help us control our speech. I, I need to take a survey, survey online and in this room. Am I the only person who has a problem with their mouth? Okay, you know what's funny? It's four chicks that raise their hand, and only one other dude. And so uh, it, it must be written just for me. I want to begin to talk about this. Let's go through these five analogies, and then we'll begin to close after we go through the five analogies. He first uses bits and bridles in a horse's mouth. Now, all these illustrations, let's uh, bring our mind and our attention to this, that the, the bridle is very small, but the horse is very big. The ship is very large, but the rudder is very small. The fire may be a very spark, but it could, the, the damage is very large. So we need to begin to get that. Because sometimes we say, well, I just said this. No, a little word that is misused can cause a lot of dysfunction, damage, and brokenness. And so I want us to go back, and I want to begin to read this uh, here in James, where it says we put bridles in uh, a horse's mouth. Verse 3. Indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths. Why? That they may obey us and we turn their body uh, wherever the bit is. We turn their body. My, one of the first times I was riding a horse, it was in Evergreen, Colorado. And it was nestled right in the majestic Rocky Mountains. It was in a, a grassy field but in the mountains. And a friend of mine, uh, we were on the horse. Man, we were galloping, galloping, galloping. And I I accidentally pulled the right rein, and I kid you not, we were going so fast, that horse took a sharp right turn. My body didn't realize that I had done that. My body flew straight off the horse. Can I tell you, the horse can be powerful, it can be strong, but its whole body is turned by a bit that is in its mouth. Now, I just want to say this. I love how James starts this. After he says, not many of us should be teachers, he says this, he says, we all stumble in many ways. We all stumble in many ways. Who had a cup of coffee today? Does anyone have their favorite mug? I, I, we have so many cups in, in the house, I only use one mug. And what really irritates me, if Becky or one of her friends, if they're spending the night out of 25 to 30 mugs, and I hide mine in the back so no one will reach it, why do they go and get the one mug? And so I get one of Becky's friends was uh, spending a few days, and I told Becky I didn't have enough guts to go and say, hey, 
keep your hands off my mug. And, and so but one thing that I really hate, we have a great room, a family room. So we have the kitchen, the coffee makers there, and I go and sit in my chair. I, I, I don't claim a lot of things in my house, but the two things I claim is my mug and my chair. And so we have a rug, and I hate this rug. This rug has a devil in it and on it and around it. And, and, and the lights are uh, off because it's usually about 5, 5.30 in the morning. I got up at that time of the day and I'm walking and, and I'm trying not to spill anything. And I love that James says, we all, we all stumble in many ways. And that word in the Greek, stumble, means that something could be in your way and it's hidden and you don't see it and and I don't or you could even be aware of it I don't know I cannot tell you how many times in the morning I'm walking I'm not spilling I'm going Jesus I don't want to spill I don't want to spill I don't want to spill and I'm walking and I come and right at the corner the rug is tipped up just a little my foot hits it and inevitably I trip and whatever's in the mug comes out of the mug and James isn't asking you and I to be faultless but he is asking us to be aware the source of our communication, uh, consider our communication, and control our communication. Are you with me on that? And you say, why? Because he's saying, when you stumble, and let me just say this. Remember, the book of James is written under a backdrop of great difficulty. They were being persecuted. There's probably saying, God, where are you? And I want you to hear this when I tell you, when I go through a difficult time, my mouth is very challenged. Literally, I will stumble. And God, I don't think he's mad when we stumble. I want to relieve you. And I'm not saying you leave here today and uh, go and sin and because you're going to stumble. I think God is more concerned about what happens or what's in my heart that when I stumble, what's coming out of me than really the act itself. Are you with me on that? And so he says this, we put bits in a horse's mouth. And even though the horse is big, that bit turns a horse and it makes the horse obey us. Can I tell you right now, a bit is not the bit is not your culture it's not my culture it's not my family background you say what is the bit I'm holding it up right now I'm going to give you six meanings of the word bit it is the Bible the Bible the Bible the Bible the Bible the Bible there is no way you can have a bit of your past a bit of an ex you can have a bit of what you're going through I don't want that bit in my mouth I want the word of God in my mouth Come on. And not the word of God for a sermon, not the word of God to go and impress your friends, but the word of God that literally when Jude's whole life wants to go this direction, you, the Holy Spirit can grab that rein and begin to turn me around. But if I don't have the word of God, get this young people in my mind, you who are going to high school, let me tell you, you're going to have a lot of pressure from new friends to begin to fit in. And like a horse, you're going to want to go that way. That that's why I would say you're going to high school. I would, I would beg of you begin to memorize some of this word that when culture and friends are pulling you this way, the spirit of God will literally tug on that rein and say, no, you're not going to watch that. No, you're not going to sit with them. No, you're not going to talk like that. Come on. <laughs> are you with me? 
Let's go to the next one. I want to read this one. Let's go to the next one. And I love this one. Look at verse 4. Look also at ships. Although they are so large. Everyone say so large. Say it again. Look at this. So large and are driven by fierce winds. And so I want you to see a ship on the ocean. Winds and waves coming. I am convinced it's not what's happening to me in this nation with a pandemic, with the Delta variant of the COVID virus. I, I think it doesn't matter what's coming. But if there is a rudder, and where is the rudder? It's not on top of the ship. It's underneath the ship. It's not in front of the ship ship it's behind the ship and so in it directs wherever the pilot desires that ship to go can I tell you again you say what is the rudder if your life and my life is like a ship on the sea what is the rudder I'm going to give you six definitions of a rudder it is bible 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 and more bible because without the Bible, you're like a ship without a rudder. Your life will be tossed by every new idea, by every infomercial, by every soap opera. Come on. Oh, who even watches all my dysfunctional children anymore? You know, I don't even know if that's still on the air. Everyone says something little affects a big thing. And a little bit, and can I just say this? I was telling my sons, because Jude and Jake are both preachers, they're youth pastors, and we just got back from Vacaville, and I just want to pause right now. And I, I have the mic, so I am going to brag. My son did so well. I kid you not, I had no idea. I, saw, I, I knew he had become a man. He's given us two grandchildren, but if you saw my boy, he literally had an authority, his preaching, his authority, over 1,200 people. And I just sat back. And so I told him, and Jake came and spoke at our youth camp. I said, this is what I want you to do in this next year because you're studying, you're studying, you're studying, you're showing yourself approved of God. However, I would rather you not always study for a message. I said, Jude, Jake, I want you to begin to memorize maybe a verse a week, maybe a verse a month. And it will be a little, but I want you to think on it and think on it and think on it and think on it and think on it till that word gets so deep within you that it's at the bottom of your life. It's undetectable. Most people won't even know it. But when fierce winds and waves come, all of a sudden there's going to be a rudder that turns your life into the direction of God. I personally have a tendency to stray. But it's the word that's the rudder that that pilot, and guess who the pilot is? Jesus. It's the Holy Spirit that literally, but even if Jesus is living in your heart and the Spirit of God dwells within us, without the Word of God, we still don't have a rudder. We need the rudder of the Bible to direct us during difficult times. Are you with me? Now, let's go to this next one. This next one, look at verse 5. Even so, the tongue is a little member. Everyone say little member. Remember. 
and boast great things. I want you to circle that word because I'm going to come to it. And boast great things. See how a great force, a little fire kindles, and the tongue is a fire. Now, I want you to know this, that word, because now we're going to talk not only about horse and bits. We're not only uh, talked about uh, boats or ships and rudders. We're going to talk about fire and force. But before we do, it says the tongue boasts. Now, that is a military term. And, and it's like an army. Before uh, they were going in to fight another nation, they would get themselves pumped up. The only way I could describe it to you, uh, my boys were wrestlers. And if they announced before the match, the duel, they would announce the kid that, this happened to John one time. He, they announced each team. And the kid, he was in his weight class, he was going to wrestle, was a state qualifier four years in a row. And the kid was bigger than John. And, and so he was in the gymnasium and he went in the corner and he started crying. And, and he was turned in the corner. He didn't want to shame himself in front of his friends. And so I went over there. I said, what's wrong? And he, and he just started, he, he was losing. He's like, I can't do this. I can't do this, dad. He goes, he's going to beat me. He's, I said, stop it right now. I didn't ask you to put on this silly outfit. I said, you're the one who chose to be a wrestler. Now, if you want to not have friction in your life, then go out for theater in the drama club and act your way through life. However, you chose to be a wrestler and you need to keep your mouth shut right now. Get yourself together. And when you go on that mat, you better bring the pain or you're going to leave in shame. I said, go give it all that you can. And I said, no, wipe your tears away and walk out there like you're a state champion. Can I say that when we are facing a difficulty or an opponent that is bigger, larger, more experiencing us, what does your mouth say? And can I say, we're going to get to the cursing, and I just want to, I'm going to give you a preview. Just please know, Becky rarely in 35 years ever curses. I do. <laughs> Stub my toe, something can come out. Someone takes my parking spot, something can, has the potential of coming out. And I'm sure James is addressing that with the fresh in the salt water. But can I say, it has to be more than if you drop this bomb or that bomb. What is in your cup when you're facing something so overwhelming? How do you talk about God? How do you talk about his faithfulness? How do you talk about his record and his history in your life? Okay, so... Fire in nature. And, and again, it's a boast. So I kid you not, John went to the mat. He's doing that. And I mean, he's giving everyone high five. He pinned that kid in the first round. True story. So now get this. How many times, and what he's addressing, because I know what we're thinking, that fire is all, it is negative speech out of our mouth. But what do you boast in? What do you get yourself pumped up? How does your self-talk sound? Is it geared, I'm smart enough, good enough, uh, intelligent enough, wealthier enough? Or does your boasting center around God? Paul said, this one thing I will boast in, in Christ and his cross. That's what I'm going to be talking about. He says, I'm not going to come to you with persuasive speech, but with a power and a 
a demonstration that our boast begins in the Lord. I'm not boasting in my righteousness. I'm not boasting in what I've done for the Lord. You start, hey, 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 I don't know what this cup is filled with. But when you're going through life and he's like, okay, if you stumble, but what's in this cup is going to come out of this cup. If it's coffee, coffee's going to come out. If it's orange juice, orange juice is going to come out. Is the liquid in your heart, is it boasting about all you've done for the Lord or is it you boasting all he's done for you? And I honestly believe that the fire that is set our whole life on fire, which comes from hell, is when we begin to put ourselves in a place of boasting of what we've done instead of boasting about the Lord. Now, let me just say this. My, my tongue was set on fire from birth. And, and, but when I got born again in Acts 2, it talks about tongues of fire sat and rested on each of them. Can I say right now, we can control our tongue because the spirit of God that is in us, but we will never control the fire of hell. And he even says, animals can be tamed. I tamed my dog. I read the book by the monks of Skeet, how to train a puppy. I thought I should have read this book before I had children. And can I, you could train a dog, you could train a snake, you could train uh, orca whale. But he says you cannot train, tame or train the tongue. But let me tell you six ways that the tongue can be trained. You can look it up in the Greek. The Bible, the Bible, the Bible, the Bible, the Bible, and the Bible. You know sometimes how they put out a fire? They do it with a greater fire. Jeremiah said, I'm not even going to talk about God anymore. I am facing such difficulty. I will not speak of his goodness or his word but yet his word became fire in my bones I had to begin to talk of the goodness of God does that make sense okay let's do another one everyone say salt water say fresh water now listen to this and we're going to answer this I would drink this this is uh, fresh Kirkland alkaline water and, 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 and it has a source now yesterday I went down to the ocean and I got ocean water now it looks pretty much the same doesn't it online can you see this and you wouldn't even know unless you really began to detect that in this one the ocean water there there's a little bit of seaweeds that you can almost not detect a little bit of sand almost not detect and even if I filtered that out it would still look the same but it's in the taste and I was thinking today and I'm not proud that sometimes I'm a still a potty mouth I am and usually when we're driving and something irritates me and I say something, you could always tell when Becky does not like my speech because she doesn't call me love. She doesn't call me good looking. She says, Pastor Jude. And can I say, I, I agree with her. But if all James is talking about is when we curse in a difficult situation or we stub our toe or I'm walking on the beach with my flip flops and my son, John, it's almost always John or Jake is behind me and they step on the flip-flop and the flip-flop breaks sometimes I don't think that's what he's talking yes it's a little bit but what about pride what about gossip what about in a difficult time when someone hurts you that we go and we share it with the prayer group what about this uh, words of self-righteousness words not only of gossip but what do you say about God 
Remember the 12 spies? 10 of them came back. Now you could read in the book of Numbers, they have all 12 of those men's names listed in the Bible. And 10 of them came back. Get this, it didn't say when they saw the land, they go blank, blank, blankety land. They didn't say that. They came back and they had an evil report about the land that God had promised. What James is saying, when you go through a difficult time and you begin your words in your heart because remember whatever is in this cup when you stumble because we all stumble in many ways if orange juice is God then God's going to come out of your mouth if coffee is doubt and unbelief God is not faithful I still have to work my bills are still here then can I tell you that's what will come out they didn't go into the land not because someone cursed when they stubbed their toe because they didn't believe God to be faithful and he's saying you cannot one moment believe in God then not believe in God he says that's brackish water and no spring produces fresh water in salt water come on spring up oh well spring up and you say how do you get the well to be purified I have six words to tell you how to purify your water can I tell you the water in my heart naturally has an inclination to go to the ocean there's only one way come on they had bitter waters in the wilderness what did he do he hit the rock so what are the six ways to purify the water of your heart I'm gonna tell you the Bible the Bible the Bible you could chat that if you're online the Bible the Bible and the Bible what's interesting during this last 15 months so often I wanted to talk more about what was going on than what the Bible said about the Lord. Is God not the God of the mountains and the valleys? Remember in the Old Testament, they said, yes, let's fight them because their God is the God of the mountains. He's not the God of the valleys. But then they beat the enemy in the valley. What is in your cup when you go through a difficult time? Is it how God may let you down? Are you focusing more on the problem, the lack? Are you focusing on God? I want the word of God to be like a bit in this horse's mouth. I want the word of God to be a rudder that's on this ship. I want the word of God literally to be a fire that's greater than the hell that sometimes could overtake me. I want the word of God to come where my life is brackish and my heart is salty. Yes, it's still salty because before I'm Pastor Jude, I'm a Christian, but I have a lower nature. I, I'm still, I know you're not going to believe this. I still do wrong. I'm a sinner who's saved by grace through faith and I still need God. The Bible, the Bible, the Bible, the Bible, the Bible, and the Bible, not for a sermon, but for my heart and my speech. Are you with me on that? Okay, let's, let's read this last verse and then we'll go in. Go back to James chapter 3. I want to get this. It's verse 6 and it says, And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set in among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature and is set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird of reptile and creature of the sea is tamed and has been tamed by mankind. But no man can tame the tongue. But guess what can tame? the tongue the word of God the word of God tames the tongue don't get this you know what the word of God is remember you get your dog I do it to Luther stay Luther stay he'd follow no 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 stay 
stay. And I was showing him that I was the alpha dog. Because the book by the monks of Skeet, they say, get over him and growl a little bit. Oh, stay. I tried to sound like Aslan, you know, from the Chronicles of Narnia. I give him the cheese. I move away. He would stay. You know what could tame your tongue? You, you, go ahead. Go ahead. Say, I'll never say that again. I'll never say that again. I'll never. The next time you get in an argument, you're going to say it the first thing. Because you can't tame your tongue. But there's someone that's greater than an animal trainer. And it's, I'll give you six words. It is the Bible, the Bible, the Bible, the Bible. The Bible instructs my tongue. Are you with me? Okay, let's finish. We got to get out of here. My goodness. Now get this. It says, and has been tamed by mankind. Look at verse 8. No man can tame the tongue. It is unruly evil, full of deadly poison. With it, we bless our God and Father. And with it, we curse men who have been made in the similitude. That means the image and the likeness of God. I want to stop right now. The thing that I've hated during the last 16 months isn't just the pandemic. Because frankly, we have friends that are conservative. We have friends that are liberal. We have friends that voted one way, others that voted another. And it always is disturbing to me how someone could bless the Lord then tear a human being down. I honestly think this isn't just about a curse word. I think it's about a whole order of speech that I see every human being, whether they're a believer or not, valuable in the sight of God, so precious that Jesus Christ died for them. Therefore, I I don't care if they wear the mask, don't wear the mask, voted for Biden, voted for Trump. Everyone who's living on this planet is made in the image and the likeness of God. And I want my speech to reflect that of them. Are you with me? Okay, I need to stop preaching. I need to just read this, read this, get this. It says, out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring send forth fresh water? Get this, fresh water and from a bitter, the same opening. Can a fig tree, my brethren, this is the last image, not only a spring, does a fig tree produce olives or an olive branch produce figs? And the answer is no. The band's going to come up. And really, I want you to begin to discern the source of your communication. For me, actually, without the Bible, the Bible, the Bible, the Bible, the Bible, my heart's still really salty and beyond. And there is no way that it can be made into our tea. How can you go to a polluted mud hole and get fresh drinking water? My heart wasn't just ocean water, it was poisoned. But Jesus Christ came in, and he is producing through the word of God a clean spring. And I wish to say, get in your Bible for one year, and that will solve the problem. Well, guess what? Well, if you die at the end of the year, that would be a true statement. But if you live 80 more years, you will still have to put the Bible, the Bible, the Bible, the Bible, the Bible into your life, into my life. Why? That God would constantly purify the source of our community communication. Are you with me? And so our boast should be in the Lord. The tongue boasts. The tongue boasts. I'll never forget one time. Let me tell you what I think he's coming against. And again, I'm not saying, please don't go out here and say, Pastor Jude said I can curse. You know, I think it's more than that. It's deeper than that. I'll never forget. I become a Christian two years in my journey with Jesus. I was at a university and a friend of mine who was a leader. We were both resident advisors came And he shared with me a struggle. 
And he said, will you pray with me? And so I prayed with him. And when he left my room, no one was there. I didn't gossip about him. I said, I can't believe he's a leader. And he's struggling with that. He should step down from leadership. The very next day, I got the same temptation. You know what I think he's talking about? Remember the parable? They had two men who went to the temple. One a Pharisee. And he was saying, Lord, I thank you that I tithe, that I fast, and I'm not like that other man. But then they had a sinner. I'm talking about a polluted water bottle. Would barely even lift his eyes to God. And he said, God, will you have mercy on me? And Jesus said, that one went away, new, clean, and saved. Because our boast isn't in our own righteousness. It is in the work, in the person, in the righteous. Why am I doing that? I, I'm thinking this is a mic. Hey, you know, of Jesus Christ. Now, this is where we're going to end the day. I want to read to you the oral translation of some of these words. May I listen online and hear? This is the oral translation that I want to read. So long as a Christian under severe trials, that's who this is written to. Are you going through something severe? Because that's when we will have the biggest temptation to just lose it with our thoughts, our words, mainly about God, then others, then ourselves. It's the communication realm usually starts with speaking bad about God. Then you start talking bad about others. Then eventually you will speak bad about yourself. Get this. So long as a Christian under severe trials holds his tongue, he remains the master of the situation in large measure. Did you get that? You can't control what someone else does. Oh, I try. I try to control my children, but it doesn't work. They're going to do what they want to do. And he says, at least. But when he turns his tongue loose, all the evil in his nature is called to the front. The one losing control of his tongue flies out of, get this, flies out of his proper orbit. Do, do you know right now Venus is in her proper orbit? Saturn Jupiter, Mars, Earth is in her proper orbit. If Earth would go just a little bit out of her orbit, have you heard the new phrase or a modern phrase, it's not new, stay in your lane? What gets us out of our orbit? It's not just if you said this or that when you stubbed your toe. That is so superficial. It's what are we saying, first of all, about God? And what makes me get out of my orbit or out of my lane is when my heart and my mind and my words are not accurate about God himself. Because when you're going through the valley of the shadow of death, the first thing you want to scream, God, where are you? Why are you letting this happen to me? I served you. And that's why I don't even, when leading in generosity, give a hundred dollars and you're going to get a thousand. I don't know. That's dangerous. Because I've known people give and the next day they lost their job. Can I say, right? And that's why I think we need to watch what we teach people. Do I believe in giving? Do I believe you'll be blessed? Yes. But when something severe comes on your life and my life, what comes out of this cup? Mainly think about what do you say about God? Do you get mad at God? Do you doubt God? Or do you say, God, I trust you. I trust you. This morning, I was praying for one of my sons. I said, no, Lord, you began the work in him. 
So I'm trusting you're going to complete it in him to the day of Jesus Christ. Will you stand up with me? And I want to finish reading the world translation. Do you mind? It says, the one losing control of his tongue flies out of his proper orbit. And this is how he defines this. The course of his life, the proper way of living. And it, get this, and imperils his own interests as well as those of others. Set on fire by hell. He even says this. This is a Baptist guy. This isn't one of those crazy Pentecostal people. He says, is set on fire by hell or by a hellish agent or demons. He says, if these evil spirits can only get control of one's tongue, they will blight his happiness and possibly that of many others. Can I say right now, what makes someone, their happiness blighted, isn't if they curse when they stub their toe. Come on. It's what they say about God when they're going through difficulty. It's what they say about others when they're going through difficulty. It's what they say about themselves. I want to discern my, the source of my speech. I want to consider the, uh, what I say. And I want to control my speech. Will you do me a favor? I don't know. Is this awkward? Maybe we should put our hand on our mouth. Did you ever do that? Your, my mom used to go, Jude. And don't you dare say anything. Maybe you could just at least put it by your mouth. Oh God, I have sinned so much with this little thing called the tongue. And Lord, you know, really, it wasn't just the stubbing of the toe or calling someone this or that, and that wasn't right. The main offense is when my words were used to doubt you and bring question into your character and your validity. God, will you forgive me? God, I pray that your word, the Bible, will become a watch over the doors of my lips. God, I pray that your word would be like a bit in this horse's mouth, that your word would be so in my soul, at the, literally the depths of my soul become like a rudder. In Jesus, that word will lead me into the safe harbor called you in Christ, in trust. God, I pray, Lord, when hell itself tries to spark my mind against you, God, I pray the fire of your word would be hotter and overcome the fire of hell. God, I pray you would baptize me with the spirit and with fire. That my speech, first of all, concerning you, concerning the church, concerning God, concerning fellow believers is going to line up with you. Lord, you never talk evil of a believer. You see them in Jesus Christ. Therefore, I shouldn't speak evil of a believer. God, I pray that you are going to help me order my conversation aright and you will show me your salvation, oh Lord. God, I pray you come through the Bible and tame this tongue. God, I pray turn salt water into fresh water. God, and when I stumble, let the word of God come out of my mouth. When I face difficulty, let the word of God come out of my mouth. In Jesus' name, amen. We so appreciate you spending time with us. If you'd like to invest into what God is doing through City Church California, you can go to our website, citychurchca.com, and click Give. Thanks again, and we hope to see you at one of our campuses this Sunday.